everyone, welcome back to Contractor Growth Network. I'm Logan Schinholster, and today, instead of being joined by Alex, I'm actually here with Nick May. Nick, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Logan, how are you? I'm good, man. So, Nick, let's just go ahead and start off. Actually, why don't you tell everybody how we got connected? Oh, how we got connected? I Googled uh, on probably YouTube. So I was searching for somebody else that was creating content on YouTube for contractors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and there you were, creating all sorts of content. So I started, doing, I started being a YouTuber last summer. And uh, so we're trying to create a lot of content. Uh, my focus for creating content on YouTube is to help paint contractors get a good foundation for their business and grow and, and build a sustainable business. Um, mm-hmm. One that doesn't own them, that, but they get to manage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we've been creating some content and uh, we're diving in right now with the, uh, the corona lockdown. I've been spending a lot of time trying to just figure out what can we do better. And so I'm going through a class actually for YouTubers on how to get the content out in a better way. And one of the very first days, one of the things that they recommend was reach out to other people in your same or similar space and try and do collaborations. And so that's what I did. And you like called me back the same day. So I was very excited. Yeah, I get a call out of the blue and, it, and then I, I didn't answer it. Um, I think I was on a call <laughs> and I get a text. It's like, hey, Logan, this is Nick. I want to talk to you about YouTube collaboration. I'm like, okay, I've never had that one before. So let me call him up. And then we just uh, kind of hit it off from there. And we realized it's a much smaller space as far as contractor specific services on YouTube. So we, we knew a lot of the same people and that's kind of, uh, you know, Nick was very proactive with this. So this is, uh, this is his baby in the making. So I appreciate you reaching out. For everything. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to do stuff and get to know you a little bit better. So. Well, beautiful. So Nick, why don't you, uh, can you go ahead and just kind of tell everybody your background? You know, you're going through this YouTube course, but who is Nick May? Nick May, yes. So I've been a paint contractor here in Denver for about 21 years, actually, as of May 1st. So my anniversary is coming up. Last year, we did a big party for 20 years in business, which was super fun. Um, But I started painting houses when I was in college um, with a company called AAA Student Painters. And it was a mess. Uh, I did one summer with them. Um, it, was, it was kind of a racket. They're, in, they're no longer in business, so I can freely say whatever the heck I want about <laughs> them. But uh, it was this like franchise uh, relationship with them. I got the opportunity to give them 30% of everything off the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30, 30%. Yeah. Find a franchise model that works under that guidance. <laughs> Anyways, uh, somehow I made it through that summer. Then I did four more summers after that because I was on the five-year plan in college. And, uh, um, but I, I made uh, enough money to, to put myself through school. Um, my dad used to always say when I, was in, uh, when I was in college, coming home to do this, now, Nick, don't forget you're going to school so you don't have to paint the rest of your life. So I showed him uh, yeah. 25 years later. Yep. We're still kicking it and uh, doing pretty well. But, uh, but I did get out of college with a, a marketing degree from the University of South Carolina. I did go and have a couple other jobs. It was not what it was all cracked up to be. I did not like working for the people. And uh, like I said, about 21 years ago, I decided to start back into painting. And, um, and so I've been doing this crazy thing ever since. Uh, through the ups and downs, we've been through a lot of these different cycles. 
um, with the market. And, uh, and now today, fast forward to today, I have a staff of about, um, about 18 on the Walls by Design side. I have mm-hmm. a staff um, on my media company, which produces my podcasts, and we do some marketing stuff and, and speak and teach and do all that kind of, uh, so all in, we're about 22, 23 people. And uh, so it's, it's been fun. And now, and now the new chapter is how do we take over and, and, and do some amazing things on YouTube? So why, why go from paint contractor to now paint in marketing and then now paint marketing and then media? I mean, why, why these extra businesses versus just doubling down and just staying as a painter? Well, I'm a little ADD. I always say I, I would have been diagnosed with it had it been invented back then in the uh, in the in the 80s. But yep. um, so I, I've always, you know, had a million business ideas in my head. And um, back in like 08 or something, I think it was, I started doing a podcast before anybody even knew what podcasting was. So mm-hmm. I started a podcast called Small Business Naked, and it was with a friend of mine. Because my business was like in the tank. And so we were trying to, I was trying to be a consultant and tell people how they should run their painting. Because that's what you do when you're, you know, when you can't run a business, you go and become a consultant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry for any of those consultants out there that quit doing whatever to, uh, to consult. Anyways, uh, so we, we started, I, and how I started was I, I bought time on a local radio station. And we were having a ton of fun. We were interviewing successful entrepreneurs from Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine, like um, Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, um, the guy from um, Tom, Sh- Tom Shane from The Shane Company. Don't know if you know them. I don't know that. Yeah, they're a jewelry store that's all across the country. Um, Camp Bow Wow, um, Comedy Works here from Denver. Like just a lot of fun stories, like not humongous businesses, but successful businesses that we would read about in Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine. And along the way, I interviewed a painting contractor here in Denver. They're the largest painting company west of the Mississippi at the time. And they were on the Inc. 500 list and just killing it. And, uh, and after we interviewed him, uh, a couple of days later, he called me and said, Hey, Nick, I know you don't like doing outside painting. We don't really like doing inside painting. Would you take all of our exterior painting if, if you refer all of your... In, um, would you take all of our interior painting if, if you give us all of your exterior painting? And I was like, done. This would be awesome. And I was a little scared at the time because I had like one guy on staff at that point and uh, mm-hmm. business wasn't doing fantastic, but I was like, yes, I, I will do it. And over the next two years, I did about half a million dollars worth of business from just his referrals. So it mm-hmm. literally saved my business. And uh, I was like, wow, that's what the power of podcasting can do. But in that, I got super busy and I stopped podcasting. Um, but I also knew at the time, like, I got to figure out this marketing piece because I've got a lot of eggs in one basket. And so at that point, I decided if I'm going to spend marketing dollars, I want to go after people that can get me more business on a reoccurring basis. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, all right, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into f- trying to get in front of interior designers. And so I started networking a lot and we started doing events here in Denver with designers and I teamed up with like five other businesses. And so about every quarter we were doing a lunch and learn and we were flying people in, like flying designers in to do these. And uh, all of us, um, kind of the companies that were putting it on, were splitting that cost. And at one point I said, you know, I could do this probably 
if I combine this idea with my podcast thing that I used to do. And so that's how the, my, my next podcast started, which I still do. It's called The Shays Lounge. And I interview successful interior designers from all across the country. Um, because of that, I started going to events, markets, furniture markets, and other events that interior designers would go to, sort of traveling around. I started speaking. And um, I started that about six years ago. Mm-hmm. six, seven years ago. And then people started asking me if I was going to become a consultant for interior designers. And I was like, no, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I, I just know, thought I interviewed them. That's better. I just, yeah. I just like the conversation about business, right? Right. And so then I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm a paint contractor. I wonder if I could do that for painters. And so about three years ago, I started a podcast called The Business Brush. And we started to interview successful painters from across the country. And, uh, and then I thought, hey, I could bring guys into Denver. We could do an event and I can tell them how I've built my business. And so that's what we started doing. And at the very first one, my director of marketing was speaking and um, he was, he's a really fast talker um, and uh, kind of just kind of blazing a trail through the stuff. And about four people came up to me and said, can he just do that for me? Because I don't want to learn all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. that started us doing some marketing stuff for painters. Um, and, uh, and really, my, my, my biggest push is, the, is on the education side. So really teaching guys how to put systems in their business, how to understand financials, um, how to market, how to sell. Um, and mm-hmm. so these are the things like a lot of guys get into painting kind of by default. They didn't, um, you know, a lot of guys will be working for somebody else and the guy will be an idiot. And he's like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, or a lot of people are like me, they painted in college and they just never stopped. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of the third more typical one is my dad was a painter. I painted with him and now I, now I paint. And um, so those are kind of the three main ways guys get into painting. You don't hear the story too much where a guy was like a successful business person. They're like, I'm going to go buy, start a painting business. Just doesn't really happen very much. But I, I've run into them, but it's, yeah. it's not very it's not very common. Yeah, and, and I, like I, do have, I know I have one client that they um they just came from the outside world and just bought a remodeling company. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wife has like an interior design background, and then the husband just was like, Yeah, I'm just a business guy. So like they stepped in and practically just bought a book of business, uh, but it's just mm-hmm. like a past customer. So they're like the only ones that I know that stepped in as a, we're going to, you know, we're business people, but we're going to use the contracting world as the model right. instead of the opposite, which is let me start this. Cause I like building things with my hands and then figure it out as I go. Right. So it's, yeah, it's definitely more on the, uh, figure it out as you go. So let's, let's talk a little bit about those systems and processes because this is, that's probably one of the, the biggest buzzwords that I always hear contractors talk about. Yep. Is I got to get my systems together. I got to get my processes together. Right. How do you define a system or a process? Because I think most people use it just as an excuse to not do something. Yeah. Well, I always tell folks <clears throat> a, a good system and process has to have a couple components. It has to be written down so that you can easily teach it to somebody else. It has to be clearly defined and then it has to be replicatable. So a, a great system, an example of a great system that, that we use is we have a call intake sheet. And so it's a form that my gals in the office have that when a new customer calls our office and says, hey, we'd like to get an estimate for some painting, they pick up that pad of paper 
and then go down through that entire list of questions and make sure that we get all the, the specifics about their project. And what it does for the people in the office is they don't have to remember all the different things that you have to ask. So what a typical painter will do is they'll answer their call, their phone in the field, like they're either driving the truck or they're on a ladder, like they're out doing stuff. And so like, um, you know, can you give me my, give me your email and, um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll send you an email and we'll set something up and you have no idea how they contacted you, what they want to do. Um, and so it, it really, um, it just creates a really great experience for the customer because then we sound like we know what we're doing and mm -hmm. we have one thing and we don't have to come back and ask them a, a second or a third time. Oh, you know, when you called us, I forgot to ask, um, how did you hear about us? You know, right. so that's a really, it's a great example of uh, a system and a process. I would say systems and processes are about the same thing. Like they're just interchangeable. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it's funny when guys come and, and spend some time with me in Denver. We do this event called Crank um, in Denver, and we've done it twice a year since we started this thing. And they, um, their minds are just like, I, I can't believe you have so many systems. Um, but they all make sense. Like, I didn't learn how to paint really from anybody else. Like that very first time when I went to that franchise experience, mm -hmm. um, I always joke and say, yeah, I learned everything I needed to know about painting over a weekend at a Marriott. Like that was the, that was the training that I received. I learned mm -hmm. how to paint. I learned how to estimate. I learned how to sell. I learned like in two days, right? Like that's just ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of, does that answer the question? It does a hundred percent. I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. So the first thing you talked about, which this is like, this is my favorite thing that you said about it was it has to be written down. Yeah. Why? Why? Why does writing it down actually make it legit or help it? I mean, what does the fact of putting pen to paper do for having a system or a process? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever played the game um, telephone? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you start something, you tell somebody, um, I went to the store to buy a can of Coke. And it goes around the circle and then it becomes, I went to King Supers to buy a soda. Like it's just changes, right? So if you don't have it written down, it, it, get, it doesn't get done the same exact way. And the important things about systems is that you do it step by step. We don't skip a step. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm not a very, like you get something in the mail, like from Amazon and you have to put it together. And if you don't follow actually the directions, like you always have extra parts and yeah. so something's not going to work right. Right. Yeah. So my wife is an engineer and she's going to read every single step and everything. And I'm just going to like, Oh, I can figure this out. Right. Um, so those, that's why systems and processes are need to be written down so that they can be duplicated each and every time I always tell like new guys. So we talk about our systems when I'm, when I'm doing my, my interviews. In fact, we're, in the process of hiring right now. And I was telling somebody and uh, one of the systems that gets overlooked a lot is making sure that we cover everything when we're prepping off a room. And, um, and so if you forget to um, take our masker and put paper to tape and cover the, the little, um, the door handle, let's just say really simple example, right? Mm -hmm. It takes me one second to pull and tape it and put it on top of that, that handle or a handle. 
it takes you about one second. Just easy math. We're going to say it takes about one second to do that. Now, if I don't do that and I, and I just paint over the top of the door and then we get those little sprinkles on the handle, mm-hmm. well, it might take me like 20 seconds to clean that thing off. Not like the end of the world, right? But if you think about those numbers I just told you, it's 20 times longer to do it that second way if you miss that one little step. And there's so many things along the process of painting a room that if you don't do things right, that it's just going to take you that much longer. Mm -hmm. So it's all about efficiency. So when you, and this is kind of like the first time I ever like learned the effect of this is hearing about uh, when somebody opens up McDonald's, they pretty much have a dictionary of the temperature the room has to be and where the light switches are. Like it's, it's to the T. So when you hire somebody, how much faster does this onboarding process happen when you already have everything written down? Yeah. Well, if you think about, you know, most, most painters or most, con- most guys in construction, mm-hmm. right? Most guys, um, we'll just call the construction industry, right? Sure. Most people, when they hire somebody, the only way they want to hire somebody is they want to steal somebody from somebody else. We want to pull this guy in and uh, because I, I don't know how to train, right? I, it's a long process. So we want to go steal somebody from over there. But the problem is now you're getting whatever bad habits that guy has from over there. And he's going to be like, well, I've been doing this for like eight years. How can you tell me what to do? Right. And so we really like to take guys that have like zero experience and, and take them from ground zero to do our process. And when you have a process, then it's that much faster and easier to train that person, right? So if what mm-hmm. most guys do, if they hire somebody that has no experience, they'll be like, hey, go paint that bedroom. And then like three hours later, they come back and check on them and they're still working and it's like, it's a mess, right? And then they're mad. Um, have you ever heard of the book E-Myth? Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So E-Myth is, was really my you know, impetus for all of this. Uh, I probably read it maybe in my second year of business, but it took me 12 times to read that book. And so I knew the importance of systems and processes um, to make sure that it was duplicated. He talks about um, McDonald's in there. A lot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's huge. It, it speeds up the, um, the training process. We have Mm -hmm. actually, we have everything that's, um, that we do documented on um, a document called the painter manual. So we actually have a painter manual and an owner manual. Owner manual covers everything from the office to sales process to project management and everything that's not like putting paint on the wall kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. It just, it speeds up the process. When a normal guy hires a painter and they've got to train them, they'll talk about having a master painter, right? It takes them years to get a guy to be a master painter because they don't have any systems and they do anything under the sun. I mean, you've seen the trucks, right? Mm-hmm. We do residential, interior, exterior, commercial. I'll paint your dog if they're not moving. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> they'll do, right? Yeah, they'll do yeah. anything and everything under the sun if you'll pay them money. Well, when you have a system, like for us, like we only paint interiors. I don't stain anything. I don't do drywall work. We just paint. And so it takes me about, depends on the guy or gal, but it takes me 30 to 60 days to get somebody fully trained on being a prep. And if you talk to most painters, they'll tell you that, you know, 60, 70% of what we do is prep. 
Yeah. So it takes me, let's say the average 45 days to get somebody to be a productive um, person in my company that is, that is contributing and we are making money from them. If you didn't have that system and you hired somebody that was um, not experienced, it would take you three or four months. Yeah. I, I, um, there was, I think it's trainual, yep. but, um, which is like effectively a company that lets you document your systems and then it you helps you out with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was, they had a really good, um, way of explaining it cause they went up and they did the whole, uh, you know, go sit with Gary Vaynerchuk for 10,000 bucks for an hour. And they went to Gary and they said, look, like, how do we sell this? Like we're, we're trying to go to small businesses. I, think I heard that sell interview, them. actually. Yeah. And I, and I love that one because he said, you got to reposition it. Cause he's like, my dad would never spend money on this. But as soon as you tell my dad that he is losing money because it's taking people longer to train them, he's like, that's when, cause as a, as a small business, you think very short term, you don't think about the long-term effects. You think short. Yes. So with the training you go, well, shoot, I, I can't, I can't spend time to train somebody right now, but you forget that on the back end, it's, it pays off tenfold, but you got to suck it up in, in the, in the now. And the other side of that for, for us, this is what we've experienced. If I take somebody with zero experience and I teach them our trade, they're more, they're more apt to stay with me long-term. They're way more loyal because if you just go and steal the guy from down the road and I'm going to pay him a buck more. Yeah. What do you think when another guy comes up to him and says, Hey, I'm going to give you a buck more. What happens? Yeah. You're gone. gone. Right. So we invest in these guys and gals and then they stay with us long term. My project manager has been with me since he didn't even know how to pick up a paintbrush. And he's the one that's helped me create a a lot of our more recent processes and systems. Uh, And now he's been with me for like six years. There's a um, there's a guy named John DeJulius. You ever heard of him before? He's a big customer service guy. Um, Pretty much he 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 has a, a few different hair salons. He's up in Cleveland. And he said he had fired his whole, like his old staff and he will no longer hire hairstylists or estheticians that have experience. They only hire them directly out of school because otherwise they come in with all this. I know how to cut hair. I know how to do this. And he's like, you don't understand. We're not cutting hair. We're here for the customer service side of things. We're here to make people feel comfortable. Then the haircut is secondary. Right. So he, he switched it around. So it was, he does a lot of the same stuff that you're talking about where instead of trying to find somebody who can fill a hole right now because you don't have to sit there and train them, right. you go find somebody, you have a training process, but then it pays off down the road every single time. So that's, that's super cool. So, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it's, it's, it's a long-term mentality. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's crock pot cooking versus microwave cooking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's, that's totally, you know, the taste is way different. But Way one's going to take eight hours and one's going to take 80 <laughs> seconds. Right. And be all rubbery. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. That's so popcorn. Y- yeah. You don't want to <laughs> slow cook that. So what is a common process or a system that's like, because most guys, I think everybody has a, a process. I mean, whether it's like every, every company has a culture, it's just whether it's a good culture or not, that's up to you, but everybody has one that's set. So everybody in my mind has a process. If it's something brand new every time, it just means it's totally messed up. But what is a, a, a system or a process that step one, this is what every painting company or every contractor should have set in place? Well, there's, I mean, there's so many different processes. Tons of them. Um, and we've, 
you know, it's funny when guys come to Denver and, and, and hang out with us for a couple of days, we go through it and we, we always say it's like a fire hose and guys end up coming back two and three times because they're, but we have to tell them how they all kind of go like this. Cause there's so many different systems in our processes. You have to understand your financial systems. Um, you have to understand what's the system. How do you deliver and create what you create or sell that goes in the house? Um, how does the office work and communicate with the field? How, does, how do all of those things come together? But when people come to me and they're like, well, where do I start, Nick? Mm-hmm. I would say, well, let's start with, let's, let's start in two ways. Let's start big picture. Let's list out all the different systems and processes that you probably need. You need a sales system. You need a training system. You need how, what's your paperwork system? Like, how do you track everything? So you kind of just big picture, talk about all those, make a list out. And then we're just going to hit them one at a time. And most guys are most comfortable with what they do, right? They're a tile setter or they're a bricklayer or they build decks or they paint houses. And I say, well, let's take it one aspect of your job and let's write down the system. So for me, I would say, all right, let's talk about painting a room. What's the very first thing we need to do? Step one. Okay, once you get that done, what's step two? Then what's step three? And you just list it out and you go step by step by step by step. And then a couple of minutes go by and you're like, oh, boom, system number one, done. Mm-hmm. So much easier to go, hey, here, new guy, here's your system for painting a room. Do you think you can, you can copy that? Yep. I can do that. Do it in that step, in those steps, in that order. Because if you go out of order, then there's potential for failure, right? So when I, you know, I told you I, I read Emith 12 times. Well, I didn't read it. I listened to it. That's I'm an auditor. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, that's why I do podcasting, right? Instead of writing blogs. Yeah. Um, but I listened to it 12 times and I, I, like I could do the, I could do what I just described to you. Like that was easy. But then how do you go from that to having a complete manual? Well, it took me several years to realize it, but my wife and I were up in Breckenridge. I live in Colorado. We were up um, for the weekend with friends of ours. And my friend Jamie said, you know, Nick, um, I'm thinking about quitting my small business that I have and going back to something I used to do for Deloitte and Touche. Deloitte and Touche? The accounting firm? Anyways, she was a, she was a big time like, um, like consultant. And mm-hmm. she says, I was thinking about writing systems and processes for small businesses. Do you think there's a market for that? I said, um, can we start on Monday? Huh. And we did. And that's how I got it done. And it took her and I probably somewhere between six and eight months to go through my whole entire business. Um, she interviewed me. She interviewed my team. She interviewed customers. And we looked at it from all different angles to, think, to find out what was, what was happening the way I thought it was happening and how was it really happening? And where were some other potential, um, potentials for failure? And how do we put a system together to avoid that potential failure? And so that was like, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago that I, we, we've, we did that system and process of writing everything down. And then it's been refined over the years. And um, we actually just did a full makeover on, um, on our process um, over the last month um, because of the shutdown. We're like, hey, there's mm-hmm. still some holes. Um, and so I always tell people the system and process, even though you write it down, it's never done. It's a document that's kind of a living document. But once you and your team kind of put it down on paper and we stack hands and we go, okay, this is the system. It can change in the future, but we all have to stack hands and say, we're all going to change the system. Mm -hmm. You could come to me and say, hey, Nick, I've got this great idea for rolling walls differently. Okay, tell me about it. Why do you think it's better? What are the potential problems with it? 
And so maybe we've done that before. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I go, oh, let's go do a trial. Let's try it on this next house. And once we determine it's a better system, if it is, then we implement it, we write it down and put it in the, into the manual. And now that's our new system. But at no time can any one person go, I'm going to deviate from this system because I think I know better. Well, we've been in business for 21 years and there's a lot of systems in there that are very well documented for a reason. So with, with these systems, is it, can you like, if I'm a painter, can I go, Nick, I just want to buy your book, man. Just give me everything, this thick packet. I just want to buy it because you've already got it figured out. Is it better to just get somebody else's systems and processes and try to adapt that for you? Or is it better to try to figure out your own and then optimize from there? So here's what we decided to do. So, so like I said, we started doing these live events and people, you know, I'm going through our systems and processes while I'm doing, while I'm teaching the, the very first time. And guys are like, well, can we just see it? And I was like, you want to see my, my, my manual? And so what we ended up doing um, was creating a, a book that we could sell. And so we mm-hmm. did create that. But um, I will tell anybody who's listening right now, we don't sell it to people that don't come to our events because you're just not going to understand it if you haven't heard like the why and how we do it. But the big benefit of it, and people are buying this um, more and more, but they then take it and they make it unique to them. So like I have my, my core competencies, our five, our five core values. So we have those. And if you pick that up, those aren't necessarily going to be yours, right? But you're going to be able to see how I've written them. And they're going to go, oh, now let me make five of my own. Right. You know, and so you go through that in every step of the way. This isn't the way we actually set up a room. We do it differently. But at least now I know where that is in the, in the manual and I can just go yeah. and change it. So um, like w- when we sell, we sell it a digital, we only, when we originally sold these, we sold them in either like a printed version and a, in a, uh, in a digital version. And the digital version was more because then they could print it off as many times as they want. They can make these changes. And we decided it only makes sense to do it in the digital format so that people can make it their own. But moving forward, if we do an up- upgrade on the system, then we give, we give that new system that we've just created to anybody that's, that has bought it in the past. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it's, def- it's very important that they make it their own. Um, but at least this is a, a great like starting point like I said, it took me six to eight months and hiring somebody. Like there was a lot of hours. I don't know how many hours I have into this system, but now guys can, can, can buy it. And over a weekend, it can probably customize it pretty darn close to their systems and processes that are in their head. And now right. it's all on a document and, and, and well put together. It's a good jump off point because it's, Correct. it's probably not not reinventing the wheel. Like I think a lot of us think that our, our business is different than everybody else's, but you really like, and we did that at first too, when we first started, uh, I've been in business now almost three years. And when I first started, all the big companies were like, you got to market one way. I'm like, no, but this is different. Like I work with contractors. I can't do it that way. That only works for something else. And then about a year and a half in, I was like, damn it. They were right. Like I should have just, you know, did what the big dogs did and just applied, you know, like a little bit of a change, but we tried to reinvent the wheel because we thought we were different and special. So it, it makes it much easier when you see somebody else who's successful has already gone through it and then take that and tailor it for us versus, you know, failing at step one over and over and over to realize they're already at step three, just, op, you know, take that and change it. So 
And even if you change 40% of it, which sounds like a lot, you still like 60% is, is like you're way down the road, way down the road. Yeah, it, it's, it's a big jump. So the, um, so the next system, I guess, that you're trying to build out is, is YouTube. So why, why YouTube? Why YouTube? Well, why, why, why try this, the, the world of online video? Well, you know, like I said, I've been a podcaster for a very long time, but you can't get away from video. Like I've been a big believer in video marketing for my painting business for many years. It's one of the systems we teach. And um, about a year ago at one of my events here in Denver, we brought on a friend of mine, uh, Chris Berry, who is, some people might know him as the Idaho painter. And he has a huge following. He has, uh, I think, 300,000 subscribers, like huge. And um, I knew that if I was reaching that demographic, like they're reaching a different person that's, than what is listening to, to a podcast. You know, certain people more, you know, would rather watch a video. Other people would rather watch or listen to a podcast. And so that's really why I just knew that there was another platform that we could get our message out and uh, engage with our customers even more. And mm-hmm. so we're, uh, we're all in. Like I, um, you know, last summer I hired a, a video intern. We did 44 episodes in a matter of 12 weeks, which sounds insane. And it was. Um, and now she, because of Corona, she's actually back in Denver because um, school is, you know, they, they're doing online learning. Yeah. And so now uh, her and I are continuing to do more videos. And uh, now I have to redo everything because it's all wrong. Yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's, and that's the one thing about video that I, I can't stress enough to everybody because we, we're huge on video. I mean, we do a lot for ourselves. We, we're probably the biggest proponent out there of doing video. Um, and most people don't want to start unless they go, well, well how's the, you know, before I post this on YouTube, this is perfect. And I'm like, you, we don't know. Like, I have no idea, but you won't know until you put it out there. And that's what we did. I mean, it took us, shoot, we have a lot of YouTube videos up there. Um, and it took us until we had like 130 or 140, uh, videos on YouTube before we had more subscribers and we had videos. Like for a while we would have, you know, 90 videos on YouTube with like 23 subscribers. And we were just like, we're just going to keep pushing it out until we finally figured out what people like, but more importantly, what people don't like. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to perfect it, we just put it all out there. And then when we look back, we go, oh man, that. That was terrible, but you got to start somewhere and you don't know what is going to work and what's not going to work until you try it. And I think everybody's so afraid to put it out there because what if one person sees it and they're a little bit embarrassed, but like, you know, you got to get over yourself. So, uh, it's, it's cool that you mentioned that you're having to quote unquote redo it because the amount of videos that we've done, I remember like with my dad's company, uh, he has a pond company. And when he, uh, when I first started doing the marketing for him, we would go out there and we would just have an iPhone, you know, holding it vertically, which if you listen to this, you're not supposed to do no microphone. So you can barely hear what they're saying. Uh, it's shaky. It's, right. it's just bad, but we didn't know it until we put it out there and then realized, Oh, maybe there's a better way. So, um, so let me ask you this then. So you get this intern and, and she's back now. What is your end goal with YouTube? Well, my end goal is uh, to create a platform where, where it's thriving. And, uh, you know, I would say I've got some, some, some number goals, you know, for this year. 
Um, we would like to, to be bringing on a, a, about 100 people into our stratosphere every month. Um, but uh, we, we just want to continue to reach more contractors. Like I'm very passionate about this because, um, you know, it took me 10 years of struggle to really figure out how to get to a place where I had systems and processes. When I got to that place in my business, that's when uh, my business didn't own me anymore. I travel, I mean, before Corona, like I traveled last year, um, how many days? I think it was uh, 58 days I was out of Denver. So I was not in my business. And some of the days that I was in Denver, I wasn't necessarily even spending them in my business because I was doing media stuff. And so that's where I've gotten my business so that, you know, I'm probably out of a 40-hour week, I would say I only probably put in 15 to 20 at most into my painting business. And then the rest of it is I'm building this, this media company um, and doing all this other stuff. So, and I'm passionate about that because there's so many guys that struggle. And if you're struggling in your business, you're not making enough, then home life is horrible, right? Like I, I remember we almost went through bankruptcy at one point. I, I, took, I took on a, uh, a partner and at one point I was $250,000 in debt. And thankfully, I, we righted the ship. We turned it around. And uh, that was the lowest point I've ever had in my business and probably in my life. And um, my dad did go through bankruptcy and uh, in his business. Um, and so we're hoping to help contractors, help painters in particular, um, put systems and processes into their business so they can grow their business, make more money, have more time for family, and have a better life. So with that, I mean, you're, if your end goal is to reach the painters out there that are struggling, they're because we, I mean, we know the life of an entrepreneur, like, Literally, if you have a good day at work, it, you take it home with you. If you have a bad day at work, you try your best, but you end up taking it home with you. You know, like it, it's just it's just who you yeah. are. So for you to get your message out there, I mean, you got to speak to a wide audience. So along this way and along this journey, and I guess in this uh, course or, or program that you're in, what are some of like the, the tips and tricks for YouTube that, that you've learned thus far? Well, it's early days. I'm on day seven. Oh, okay. All right. So in, in the past six days. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, one of the, like I said, I think I shared with you earlier on when we first got on the call was um, in their, the biggest way they, they um, recommend to increase your reach is to do collaborations. And so that's what we're doing. So mm-hmm. introducing our different markets to each other. And so I've reached out to, um, to Chris. And so hopefully we'll be doing a collaboration with Chris um, and getting, and he's, he's spoken at one of my events before. So um, I do, in fact, I'm pretty sure we're going to move forward with, with doing something. I've got an idea for very, actually, I got to give you credit if I'm pointing in the right direction. Um, the, uh, the idea that you had and you took action on and did with going out to clients' houses and doing our clients' businesses and doing the day, kind of a day, I call it the day in the life. Yep. Love that. And so we're going to implement that. I've actually, it wasn't the first time I've thought about it. We've, um, on my podcast for interior designers, probably for a year or so, I have pitched to my sponsors that we do a day in the, a day in design is what I called it. And uh, we would go out and I would spend a day with the designer and, and showcase what they do in their office, out in the field, on job sites. And so we're going to implement that into, um, 
the podcast world. And so the cool thing is I can go out to a city, uh, let's just say um, San Francisco, because I've already identified a painter out in San Francisco, um, and go spend a day with him, bring um, my, uh, my videographer with me, and then we'll also go and do a day in design with a designer that's out in San Francisco. And so I get two great pieces of content traveling to the same city. And so we're going to start doing that probably on a monthly basis. So we'll be creating a lot of content just, um, you know, live. And my hope is that I can actually turn each, each day in design or day with a, a painter into about four pieces of content, um, four videos that are in a, a series. Um, so we can talk about, you know, systems, processes, financials, you know, managing your team, what's it look like out in the field. So we can really kind of have four different um, episodes that, that bring it all together so people can see the, the, the true picture of, of what that business looks like. Yeah, the, the, having a podcast and having a YouTube channel, it opens up so many doors mm-hmm. because what you, what you can do, and, and if you're a contractor out there and you just deal with a local, you know, you're just like a small local business and you're yeah. like, well, I'm not reaching the nation. Why would I have a podcast? If you have one and you have a YouTube channel and it's just, I'm in Charlotte, you know, like, and you just name it like Charlotte Small Business and your whole goal as a painter here in Charlotte is to just interview all these larger businesses that could be big time influencers for you. You know, I see this all day long with contractors where they're like, Hey, I'm so-and-so. How do I, how do I get in touch with the realtors or how do I get in touch with the architects or the big time GCs and stuff like that? And you can cold call them all day long and try to sell them. And you just get shut down, shut down, shut down. But as soon as you go, Hey, I love your leadership. Would you mind coming on my podcast and I'll interview you? It's all about Charlotte small business. And I think you'd be perfect. It strokes their ego and, and they're in. I mean, I, I like with my podcast, it's, I'm like connecting with a lot of people that mm-hmm. I would never like, I mean, I'll go off and buy their book because they're like a best, uh, like a best selling author. And I'm like, damn, that'd be kind of cool. And then I'll reach out and they're like, yep, I'll come on it because it's a free platform to advertise them and right. it strokes their ego. But now it puts me in this upper echelon of like the movers, shakers of movers in the business yeah. world. So yeah. there's, it, a book series, there's a book series out of Australia called Key Person of Influence. And their whole idea is to teach you how to write a book and, and, and go that way. I love the book, but I was like, I already have a podcast. Like I already am a key person of influence. I don't need, I don't need to write a stinking book, but I love the, I love exactly what you said because you get to be known in that industry. And for me in the interior design world, I was this paint contractor and now I'm a speaker and there's not too many people that you can talk to in the industry that don't know who I am because mm-hmm. I've been, I, I've interviewed the biggest names in interior design, like all across the country. Um, my friends are on tele, like I have so many friends on television right now because I, I've just known them for the last couple of years. Right. Um, and so that's been, that's been super fun. Um, and it's just like, and I would say, and I don't even bring it back a step and say, okay, you don't even have to go that far to do, um, a podcast or a whole YouTube channel. Like you could, if you wanted to be local, like Facebook is free. And you can do as much content on there as you, as you possibly want to. But you could go and interview other people that, have, that are industry partners that bring value. Um, and we've done that on the interior design side. 
um, and we put it on because I have a lot of followers on Facebook for my for my painting business. We went in um, to some of the interior designers that are local and said, "Hey, let's do a, a feature on you." We did like a twenty minute video, walked through their office, talked about what kind of work they do, and that was exposure for them to my audience, mm-hmm. right? And so people like to be, and, and you can do that with realtors, you can do a flooring company, like there's so many people you can do that with and they're super excited. And then, and then maybe they're, they're referring you to their customers. It, yeah, it opens up a lot of doors. So just the, the collaboration that I think a lot of people are big on like BNI and, you know, internal networking groups, which are fantastic. But as soon as you give somebody a, a platform to speak to your audience, it's a whole different type of sell as far as right. selling that person on your relationship with them. So it it's, I know it's helped me a lot. So it, it's super cool. So, so Nick, where's a, uh, where's a good place for people that are listening? If they want to connect with you, check you out, learn more about you, where's a good place to connect with you? Yeah, I would say, you know, you can Google the business brush. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram and the website and, but we have business brush TV on YouTube. Um, go, and, and all of those videos are four to nine minutes, but it's one topic that, that we dive into deep, whether it's a marketing issue or a sales issue or how to answer your phone. Like there, it's just, it covers the gamut. Um, and then the podcast is very specific to painting where I'm interviewing paint contractors and talking about their business. Um, and uh, we have a website, um, businessbrush.com. And so those are probably the best ways to, for folks to, to find me and, and, and even reach out. Beautiful. Well, Nick, again, I appreciate you uh, hopping on this and taking some time out of your Monday during all this chaos to, uh, to chat with me about systems, processes, and YouTube. So thank you again. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Logan, for picking up my call. And, and Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do some more of this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. <laughs>